Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Today on the O Show podcast, Jared Klim from Corner Booth Podcast joins the show to talk about Game 6 of the NBA Finals, which was won by the Toronto Raptors. So if you want to hear our prediction, great. If you don't, this is a colossal waste of time. We talk about Kevin Durant's Achilles injury and if the Warriors knew about it and forced them to play. We talk about David Ortiz's uh, ongoing investigations, including a potential affair with the landlord's wife out in the DR. Stay tuned for that. Diamondbacks and Phillies combined for 13 home runs. Not one, not two, not three. You get the point. 13 jacks at Citizens Bank Park the other night. Uh, congrats to the St. Louis Blues, Stanley Cup champions for the first time ever. Let's get into it with Jared on this week's edition of the Osho Podcast. It is presented by Belly Up Sports, Be Bold, Stand Out, and by Tick Pick. Get your tickets now. No hidden fees. $26. It's $26. Let's hit it, Hootie. Let's get this thing rolling. Today is June 13th, 2019. We got Jared Klim from the Corner Booth Podcast back with us today. We're going to talk Kevin Durant's calf. What is it? Achilles injury? Torres Achilles? Yeah, sucks for the New York Knicks. Uh, Golden State, Toronto, Game 6 predictions. It's in three hours. If they win, this podcast will make sense. If they lose, well, you just wasted time. Uh, Yeah, Jared's going to drink a lot of whiskey. And then he's going to take a video and give it to us so we can share it on our page. David Ortiz, some developing stories out of uh, his latest shooting in the Dominican Republic. Phillies and Diamondbacks connected for 13 jacks. The other night they were getting wasted in Philadelphia. And some NHL Stanley Cup finals. The uh, St. Louis Blues are finally the Stanley Cup champions. But first, like we started the last time, Jared... You want to tell us an embarrassing story between you and uh, our very own Belly Up Sports is Brian Lynch. Okay, so Brian Lynch, as you all, a lot of you may have noticed, listen to my podcast, and maybe he is technically my cousin-in-law. My oldest cousin married him. Wait, did you just say cousin-in-law? I guess that's what you call him. I don't fucking know. I, I, it's, it's a weird. I don't thing. think that's he, a thing. He's married to my cousin. Okay, so that's how like I know him. That's how Belly. They got me here at Belly Up. Whatever, and. So at his party, it was, you know, it was at our grandparents' house, which is on 56 acres land, beautiful setup and everything. So me and um, Kevin Langley's best friend, Andrew, who's also my cousin, were just, just get, like, let's, bottoms up, let's rip. And we, I just, you know, from 2 o'clock when the bar opened up, I was just a beer in my hand constantly. I think I totaled up about 16 or 17 beers. 
plus a glass of Jameson on the rocks. Solid choice there. All mixed in with water and eating not enough food. So it's about 11.45. Everyone's gone. I am rocked. And I feel myself starting to get sick. And I had just thrown up badly at another event of mine when I had a little too much drink with my buddies. I, this was like a year or two ago when, you know, I was in the finance district. So, you know, alcohol always makes sense in that uh, sector of employment. Yeah, it takes the edge off. Oh, my God, you have no idea. Um, so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I look at my cousin. I'm like, because I am about to die right now. He goes, what are you doing? And I look over, I see a cooler. I'm like, I have a good idea. And I open the cooler up, fill of ice water, dunk my head in there for about 10, 15 seconds, and ended up sobering me up enough where I didn't throw up, and I also was able to start being comprehensible again. But I was still drunk enough where my cut, my cousin's uh, – cousins from Italy put out a cigarette in my forearm because if I was any kind of sober I would have knocked this kid out clean but because I was so like wasted I honestly didn't feel it until the next morning when I pressed on I'm like is this is this ash and I'm like, oh my god that hurts have you ever seen that uh, episode of friends first of all have you ever seen friends yes so you remember that episode where like Ross is like totally like devastated that Joey and Rachel are a couple oh, and he yeah. burns his hands on the uh, on the stove he was holding the fajita chair or whatever yeah yeah that was like kind of like you like they, they're like yeah we're good bro they like clap hands and he's like holy shit yeah no it was kind of like that but it was like I kind of knew it. it hurt initially but like I'm like dude I'm like yo his guy's name was like a Giuseppe or something so I'm like yo what the fuck I'm like yeah mad he's like sorry bro I'm like I was so happy I'm like it's all good brother I had a bag of potato chips in my hand, a big honky can, can of green tea. I'm trying to sober up. I felt great. I was in a great spot at that point. But, um, and she fell asleep hugging the bag of uh, potato chips. But, so, I mean, that's my embarrassing story. That was a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm running out of these, man. You guys stop having me on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm again. See, it's a segment here because it happens to me about twice a week. It happened to me two days ago. I, I locked myself out of my car at a Longhorn Steakhouse and uh, had to order a locksmith. That took about four hours to get there. Dude, I've locked myself out of my car about 15 times in the last three years. Well, can you explain to me how you got yourself back in? Because I had to order a locksmith that took four hours. Um, when I was at the gym, my father would have to come the exact opposite direction on Route 8, which is the, the highway that goes north to south in Connecticut on the western side. He'd have to come down about 10 miles to my gym in Derby, which is about 20 minutes the opposite direction from our house. And he has to go 45 minutes the northern direction to go to his office. So that happens three or four times at that gym. And then I work two minutes from my house right now. And so my sister has had to come and drop off the spare key to my Honda, which, you know, just isn't that bad. Because she learns to roll out of bed and essentially she could push her car that distance. So I've lucked out. I haven't. I didn't yeah. like he went to Grand Central, but like that one, like my mom had to drive all the way out to New York State essentially to get me at the train station. But I mean, it happens, dude. I I never had to call a locksmith though. That's that's different. I usually I'm resourceful enough to find somebody to come get me. Well, here's the thing with me. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. My father is in Morristown, New Jersey. I don't think he'd be willing to make that ten hour drive down to give me a spare right key. I am. But I have my own car. Only one key. And uh, it's funny. Wait, what kind of car do you drive? 
I drive a two. What was it like? Two thousand nine Chevy Malibu. You should be able maroon to interior, by the way. What? It's a kick-ass car. Maroon oh, nice. interior. That's it's like dope. a sports car for I girls. Don't want to go that part of the Chevy Malibu, but okay. It's a sports car for girls. My sister loves it. Anyways, yeah. I I turn the key off. So I turn the car off. Left the key in the ignition. Immediately press lock on the side door. Get up, close the door. As soon as I shut it, I'm like, you fucking moron. You left the key in the ignition. All the doors are locked. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to calm down. I'm going to see how I can figure this out. Go get a nice 24-ounce porterhouse. We're going to figure it out. So uh, I order the locksmith. And apparently a locksmith costs around $260, like $259.99. Yeah, I would honestly at that point just smash my own glass. The door. but the website said and I didn't I guess I didn't read the fine print, it just said forty eight dollars. I'm like, oh, forty eight dollars to open my car. Great. So I guess it's forty eight dollars for the guy to come to drive all the way down to um to wherever you're at. So the guy was about an hour and fifteen minutes from where I was at in Charlotte. And uh horrible service, by the way. I think the guy so, I guess he was sitting in traffic. My phone's at, like, 4%, too, so I'm calling the guy. I'm like, oh, so you're going to be here in, like, 60 minutes. He's like, yeah, 60 minutes, bro. I know where you're, I know where you're at. I'm like, all right, great. So, click. Um, about 75 minutes later, we're about an hour and five minutes, and he's still not here. My phone's at, like, 2%. I'm like, all right, I'm going to call him just to see where he's at. I'm like, uh, where are you at, man? He's just like, oh, you know, I just had to make a quick stop. Uh, my daughter's at my... Uh, ex-girlfriend's house, I had to, like, change your diaper or something. I'm like, oh, really? So, like, you're out getting me a key, and now you're taking a break to go change your uh, daughter's diaper because she went pee-pee or poo-poo. So then, I'm like, all right, so now he's, like, 15 minutes away. Another half hour later, my phone's at 1%. I'm like, this guy's still not here. Called him one more time. He's like, yeah, what's your address again? So I had to give him the whole address again. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting right off that intersection. I'm actually pulling in right now. I'm like, you're pulling in right now. Great. Ten minutes later, still not there. My phone's dead at this point. This time I'm just irritated as hell. People are coming into and out of the restaurant, arriving to go eat their meal. They ate their meal. They come back out. They still see this moron sitting in front of his white Chevy Malibu with maroon interior, girl sports car. They're like, what the hell is this guy doing? Finally, the guy pulls up. He's like, locksmith? I'm like, yeah, I've been waiting for you for like two hours. He's, he pulls he pulls like three uh, three parking spots away from my car. Doesn't get out of his car for like another five minutes. I don't know what he was doing. Gets out. He's like, all right, so I'm going to give you like the senior citizen discount because I'm a bro and I was kind of late. I had to change my uh, daughter's poopy diaper. And I'm like, okay, great. She's like, all right, so that's going to be uh, $259.99. I'm like... Uh, the website said $48, I have 50 on me. He's like, oh. And at this point, he already opened the car. I wasn't going to be an idiot and bring up the fact that I had no money before he opened the car. Because honestly, he could have just driven away and I had no way of contacting anybody. Yeah. So, he's just like, alright, um, well, I was late, you've been waiting here, you seem like a nice guy, young kid. Starts getting into like what I want to do with my life, you know, just like crap like that. Like, why do you care? And uh, <laughs> he goes, you got any gas? I'm like, I think I have gas in the car. So, he, of course, he's re- uh, referring to weed. I'm like, and he's like, you got any gas? I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know what you're saying, man. He's like, smoke. I'm like, oh, no, I don't have anything. He's like, oh, man. 
you know what, you seem like a nice guy, it, it's alright, just give me the 50, and then we'll be on our way. So I got into my car, should have been home around uh, 7 o'clock at night, was home around 11pm at night. Oof. I screamed the entire way home. You know who was <laughs> screaming? Way, I'm stopping. Well, you don't have your debit card on you, nothing? I didn't have any, so my debit card was inactive, this is when my debit card was inactive. Oh. I had a couple of fraud investments made on my card. And uh, I I had a lot of money in my bank, and I couldn't use any of it. You know who else was screaming, though, last night, Jared? Who? Steve Kerr and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's been mildly out with a quote-unquote calf injury throughout the uh, NBA playoffs. Yeah. Uh, was unstoppable for about, I want to say around 12 minutes in, la- in uh, Game 5's uh, win over Toronto. And then blows Achilles. I was getting there. All right? Uh, this is my show. This isn't the corner booth. This is the O Show podcast. Let me get there. I was building up to it. I was in the passenger seat today. Um, yeah, so 12 minutes of just tearing it up against Kawhi and the Raptors. And uh, then the Warriors fans saw something that they knew was coming, but they didn't want to see again. He goes down, immediately reaches into his shoe. Everybody knew as soon as it happened, as soon as he went down, he's reaching for his Achilles. Like, he's reaching for his lower ankle, lower foot. Like, it was not a calf injury. This stretched down to his Achilles. Turns out he tore his Achilles. And uh, that, that, that is bad news for the Golden State Warriors. That is bad news for the front office. And that is bad news for the New York Knicks. Mm, we'll debate that. It's bad news for the Knicks this season. Because I, I was just doing a lot of thinking today, you know, day off and driving a lot. I had to go, you know, I do our laundry machine's broken up here in Connecticut, so I had to go drive to my aunt's house twenty minutes away, which is on my way back from my gym, to do laundry, and she had to go out. So I had to sit there in her house with her dog, which I love her dog by the way, so it was no problem. But I sit there for forty five minutes letting my laundry get done and I'm sitting there, I'm doing a lot of thinking, I'm listening to the herd, I'm listening to other podcasts and I'm, Anyway, so first off, I am not buying the fact for one fucking second that that was a calf injury. You don't put an ice pack that fucking low on a calf injury. I've had calf injuries. I've had three, actually. All of them are minor strains, minor pulls, whatever. But your calf really doesn't start becoming your calf until almost the top of your ankle. So I'm talking where, like, you know, where, like, mid-calves are. Like, that's about the point where calf injuries mostly occur. The thing is, that thing was, and they, a lot of people make comments about the internet and stuff, and a lot of people are saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm not buying it. I'm starting to not buy this either. Because it was a calf strain, usually two weeks max, maybe a week and a half, if you got the best fucking medical team on the West Coast, which they do, you know, week and a half. So something didn't add up to me. I'm like, this is taking way too long. He didn't even step on the fucking court at the NBA Finals. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Um, that was a partial Achilles tear. I am guaranteeing it, or at least he strained his Achilles, because there is no way in hell a calf injury is going to cause that much discomfort and that inability to walk. And the ice pack was placed so low down his ankle, there is no way that's happening. So, I'll see you another theory today. This is the first, um, like, like I don't, last time I remember Kevin Durant broke his foot in his fifth season. They blamed it on the Kevin Durant fives, which were like the first high top shoe we ever had. Right. Like, 
I'm worried about these new Kevin Durant 12s, which just released, you know, me being the giant sneakerhead. I've got like six, I got, I'm staring at about six pairs and the other 15 are in my, in my uh, closet. And now I've got the rest down in the basement. Um, I looked at those KD 12s. Those things look like moccasins. It's insane. Like, I, I, I was thinking about this today because they were talking about the whole injury and everything. I'm like, you never saw injuries like these back in the day. Because you will go back to the 90s. Look at the Air Jordan retros from, like, 1990 through 1999. Look at, like, the Charles Barkley sneakers. Look at the Reebok Sean Kemp's, the Gary Payton, the gloves. What did you notice? They were all bulky. They all had padding. They all were built solid like bricks. It's kind of like the shoe LeBron's going to wear next year. What Zion will wear when he inevitably signs with Nike or Jordan. Because, let's put it this way, Adidas doesn't have the, the chops and there's Puma. Um, so, Kevin Durant is wearing basically a glorified moccasin with a, a rubber sole. And I'm not surprised, and like, I'm not surprised it don't protect on his ankle, but to the, the back of the point, everyone's trying to come to the defense of the Warriors today. I'm not sold. I'm, there's whispers, you know, where there's, I'm always a part of the school of thought where if there's smoke, there's fire. Am I right? Usually, if there's a lot of rumors about something, usually if guys in the media are making a, a get, making up some gas about this stuff, there's something to it. It's not like it, it, this is just out of nowhere. So I first heard Shannon Sharp say something about it, and then I heard um, Chris um, who's, uh, Nick Nick Wright reference it. I heard another guy reference it as well, um, and I even heard the the Warriors reporter Marcus something. He comes on the herd like every other week. He wrote the Kevin Durant book. And he wrote the Steph Curry book, and he said something like the all these rumblings about this. And I'm a little like suspicious now because the Warriors know they knew instantly. The only reason they even had a shot in Game Two was because every single player on the Raptors played like horseshit except for Kawhi Leonard. I sat there on the couch right behind you with my best friend. We were watching the game, and I looked at him. I'm like, dude, the Warriors still – like, the the Warriors only won by six, and every Raptor except for Leonard played like horseshit. It was the perfect storm. The only thing that could have gone better for them was Kawhi fouled out. That's it. So – if I'm the war, if I if I'm suspicious enough, the Warriors could have been like Kevin Durant, like we need your presence out. We don't need you as 100. percent We don't need you to be the unstoppable, easy money sniper, best scorer in the last 30 years in basketball, Kevin Durant. We just need you to be there, hit a couple threes, and just take away a defender. And he tries to cut, pop. And so, for you guys who don't know who an Achilles tear feels like, it feels like somebody's kicking you in the back of the ankle, like with a steel toe boot. Feels like someone threw a rock at your shin, basically. Exactly. Right, your calf. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like something at your lower calf heel. So, in like, I've had plantar fasciitis in both feet, which connects to your um, Achilles, by the way. It's that's a pain in the ass. So even an Achilles sprain seems awful. So that's why I'm thinking this was just Achilles the whole time. This was a calf injury. So don't be. So this is just this is maybe going a little too tinfoil hat here, but. Don't be surprised if the NBA launches an investigation after the season. Kevin Durant won't say anything because he's a team guy, but I'm guaranteeing somebody's going to make us think about this now because this dude is not going to be able to play until 2020, 2021, when he will probably sign with the Knicks still, but he won't play the next season because they're not going to make the playoffs without him. It's going to be Dennis Smith Jr. being the leading scorer with Kenny Knox, and they're going to maybe win 30 games. So that's what I got. Well, what's the investigation that they – 
intentionally Luke, made him play. And have forced KD to go back early. That's hoping that he'd get hurt. That like you know like ignoring the fact that this guy should be on a basketball court for the rest of the season. I don't think like it. They proved it last night. What second team in NBA Finals history to sink twenty plus threes in a game, and that was they they turned that on after that injury. Yeah, in game well, they five. probably were like, oh my god, these horrible fans are cheering for our boy that just got hurt. We just lost our guy. They were totally playing for KD last night. I, you're telling me in Oracle tonight, I mean, they're probably going to come out firing all sorts. It's the last game in Oracle ever, but I'm telling you, fourth quarter, Jack, you're going to see Kawhi Leonard be Kawhi Leonard. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be interesting, uh, like like I also, just by said. By the way, don't, no, everyone should stop blaming Kyle Lowry now because you go to the replay, Draymond Green tipped that ball. Yeah, so, I agree. I'm not going to argue that. So. <laughs> we don't need to go into a debate. We don't need to go into a full Stephen A. Max Kellerman on that. I agree with oh, you. No, no, no. By the way, that fucking tool was wearing sunglasses on first take yesterday. I put You saw it on my Snap story. I was not happy about that. Kellerman? Yeah, you saw it on my Snap yeah. story yesterday. I literally had, Kellerman had freaking sunglasses on inside on first take. And I'm like, is this tool really serious right now? Like, you're not in Vegas covering a boxing match, you know? Even then, when you're like, outside. Did you ever catch me wearing sunglasses since I was my graduation? Because I had, like, retro, like, Ray-Ban aviators. That was it. Right. But, uh, yeah, so, what's up next in the dock? And I went on a rant for that one for a minute. <laughs> no, but, like, you make a good point there. Who, who was the uh, Warriors GM was basically tearing up, saying, like, no, like, Kevin Durant's misunderstood, you know? Like, he was... Trying to, like, I don't even know what he said. Well, the thing is, I think Kevin Durant has gotten, I even was on the hatred for a little bit, but this season, and even some of last season, I really started appreciating where Kevin Durant was. I always loved Russell Westbrook, maybe that's why I was a little bitter, but I started realizing Kevin Durant's like the greatest scorer I've ever yes. seen on tape. The dude's jumper is automatic from inside 30 feet. And it's not like Steph Curry where he just like has that stupid little smug grin and you just want to punch him in the throat. Like Kevin Durant will attack you with the basket and he doesn't like try to like, you know, play oh I'm the little hurt guy like Steph Curry does. I hate Steph Curry. I realize how much I hated Steph Curry after watching game five and watching him hit a three in uh, Van Fleet's face, and I'm like, is it possible to want to punch a human being as much as I want to punch punch Steph Curry? I hate him more than Clayton Kershaw. And with the hat I'm wearing, you should realize how much magnitude that fucking has. But, okay, Jared's wearing a Diamondbacks hat, but, like, is that just in hatred towards the Dodgers and how good Clayton Kershaw is, or well, you just don't like game, him? But also the fact that he's notorious for getting in brawls with Diamondbacks. Like, over his career, he's got, like, five of them. He's started, like, five brawls with Diamondbacks. Him, even Granky, before he came over to the good side, he literally was him and Kershaw in one series started two bench-clearing brawls. It was like 2014 or whatever, back when we were absolute hammered trash. Huh. Year two after Justin Upton. Oh, those <laughs> were the days I talked. Dude, Justin Upton, Chris Young in his prime. Dude. Those were the Diamondbacks you should have been proud of. You took that for granted. 2011, I didn't take it for granted. I saw my Justin Upton jersey hanging in my, hanging in my closet. The second he retires, I'm breaking that thing out like and, cr- and like clean that thing. Um, here's the thing. I just, it's with Steph Curry, it's just his, his little smug face drives me crazy. See, I love, I'm all for the warrior mentality, fight through injuries. I did it in high school. Everyone, you probably did it in high school too. Like, you know, you fight through a catheter. I played an entire game on a sprained MCL. 
I got cussed out by the varsity offense coordinator because I was supposed to play varsity next year. He goes, if you tear this, you're done until October. But I so I get the whole the risk. I get the warrior mentality that America kind of likes to latch on to athletes. Kirk Gibson, T.O., Kirk Schilling, keep going down the list. But unfortunately for Kevin Durant, it backfired. He was like the the first case in a while where it's backfired, and it ended up it may have got them a game, but with all this smoke about you know it possibly being like the Warriors kind of maybe forced him or you know all the crap about Steve Kerr and blah blah blah, they may not have enough gas for Game Six because I know you want to start previewing Game Six next. So, you I I think what last game in Oracle you said it's before, the last game before they make the move to San Fran. And yeah, turn their backs on Oakland. Um, like every other person in America is apparently. Yeah. I Dude. love Oakland, man. I hate that they're getting done dirty by everyone except the A's. For now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Until Oakland hates Las Vegas and moves back. <laughs> no, but so I mentioned second team in NBA's final history that to sink twenty plus threes in a game. So here's an interesting stat in two thousand and four. The Detroit Pistons had 21 threes in an entire five-game series over the Lakers. That was in 2004. Uh, the Warriors that's, did that, that alone in Game 5. That, that series was so ugly. The thing was, if you look back, so if you look back at the East and West Finals, I think it was Indiana versus uh, Detroit, if I'm correct, because Indiana had that Jermaine O'Neal, Ron Artest team that was just stacked with Reggie Miller and Steven Jackson. And I think it was it was Minnesota, L.A. in the Western Conference Finals. Who had the best? Minnesota was the number one seed, L.A. number two seed. And L.A. went and got Peyton and Malone because they couldn't keep up with Minnesota, who had Wally Zerbiak, Sam Cassell, Latrell Spiewell, um, my boy KG, Terrell Br- I can keep going on the list. But anyway, that whole series was like the Lakers snuck by Minnesota, and they go and they play a, a team that just was built to beat them. A long, just cohesive, no-superstar kind of roster when the most marketable guy on that team was Ben Wallace and Rip Hamilton. So, I mean, and it shows you the game difference. That was 3 4 I was nine years old when that game, when that series finished up. Oh, yeah. I mean, the NBA's evolved 12-fold in that yeah, last 15 years. Yeah, now it's going to start devolving again now that no Kevin Durant next year, LeBron's not even going to make the West Conference Finals even if he gets Anthony Davis... And that's a bold prediction right there. You can lock that up. Yeah. Um, we're going to see... Now, we've seen the Steph Curry three-point renaissance for the last, what, like five, six years? Just the bombs that everyone's chucking up now. But this playoffs, we've seen people go back to the mid-range jumper, just get a bucket mentality, which has been tried and true since the 60s. I think that whole three-point mirage is over. It was a phase. Because, you know, you got kids chucking bombs. And the problem is... Here's the problem with the... the, the Analytics say threes and dunks the only real way to in layups the only way to get things done. Um, who's the most analytically sound team in the league, Jack? Tell me, Jared. Houston Rockets. What did the Houston Rockets do after Kevin Durant went down? Right. Late a giant right. fucking goose egg. Right. <laughs> and um, who is their premier star that apparently is a can't MS MVP MVP candidate? The beard. You gotta fear the beard, Jared. I don't. Uh, I fear the beard until it's game six, seven, five, six, or seven, and then I'm straight. My Minnesota, my Timberwolves could have beat the Rockets the last three games. You know why? Because James Harden became a shell of himself. He's afraid of pressure. 
this is why everyone's like, oh, Harden's the best. Everyone was like, oh, you could even argue Harden was the better player. And then Westbrook, and Westbrook was just worn out. But Kevin Durant is just another separation from those two because he just gets better in the finals. Like last year, he was last two years, he was fucking automatic. He couldn't miss. He had the best player on the planet for the last ten years, and LeBron James in his face. He's just dropping dropping bombs right in front of him. So. I think analytics and this whole three-point like mirage we've seen are gone. It's it's back to make, get a bucket. Kawhi Leonard is just proof of that. The yes, the future of the NBA. I think the whole three-point mirage is done. Like you say, I think that it is over. It's going to be still part after of this game. series. It is it's after still be part of it, but it's not going to be as prominent as it was two years ago when it's all it was. I, I I think you're right, but these next two games, in order for Golden State to survive, they have to bank on their three-point shooting because it's just absolutely phenomenal. Clay Thompson was filthy the other night. They can destroy an entire game, but it's also a matter of can they keep it up? Because if Steph plays like if they just put Van Fleet on Steph or Lowry, who both have like Van Fleet, maybe the kryptonite to Steph. That that little mother effort. He's my height. He's five eleven. Is just annoying. He's a little pest to Steph Curry, and I love it. He's physical. He's quick. He's all over the place, and it's just so much fun to watch. And he's just like the Raptors' hype man. I love seeing it. And honestly, I would also just love to see Draymond's smug face just see a loss. Because, oh my God, when he said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna go, you know, we're gonna win Game Five, we're gonna win Game Six, and we're gonna win Game seven. I'm like. Oh, God, I hope you foul out in the first five minutes of game six, you loser. Like, I love Greg Draymond's game, but I hate his personality. Oh, I it's horrendous. I love that he's a pain in the ass on defense. I love he's such a good defender. I hate his personality. I remember, I think it was the 2017 uh, world title. The year after Cleveland won, they bounced back. They beat LeBron in five or six games, whatever it was. And he's going up there on the podium during the uh, parade, just basically mocking LeBron, saying, like, you said you were going to win not six, not seven, not eight. Like, you want to talk about a super team? You formed the super team. Like, why is LeBron James the guy you just beat in the NBA Finals for the second time in two years, even in your head during the parade? I just, you know, it's just that's who Draymond is, though. He's just been the talker. He's the chirper. He's Dennis Rodman with an actual voice. Rodman was just lo- a-, a loony, but he was such a good defender, but nobody cared. Draymond is this era's uh, Rodman. And the thing is, he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. It might not be first ballot, but probably second ballot. And I don't I don't disrespect the men's game at all. My favorite moment of the series so far is still Drake jawing at him after game one. I mean, he, he's basically been like the media story throughout this NBA Finals. If it wasn't for the KD injury last game. Yeah. I mean, Eric Clay's injury game two. Yeah, but he came back in game five, dude. Like again, if the war, I think the Warriors are going to win tonight. Oracle's going to be also, insane. Jack, thing. This is the first time in NBA. I think it's like the first time in NBA history, with the exception of game one, the road team has won every single game. Yeah, and that doesn't happen in the NBA. It doesn't, and that's the craziest thing. I'm like, what? Like that's <laughs> that doesn't happen. Honestly, like, even last MLB postseason, that didn't happen. I know. Well, in MLB, home field advantage, actually, especially for pitching, you know as well as I do, it plays a huge role. Oh, yeah. 
No, but to me, last game in Oracle, crowd's going to be popping. It, it's going to be a three barrage from Steph and Clay and company. I, I think I the think Warriors they, take this one. they're hot. You are banking on the fact they're going to hit their shots. A long defense makes it so hard to hit three-pointers. Because, all right, let's, let's example here. I'm 5'11", I have a 6'2 wingspan. If I'm guarding you, how tall are you, Jack? We're about the same. 5'11", 5'11 and a half. So your jump shot, your your release is about maybe seven and a half feet up in the air. If I have a 6'4 wingspan, that's an extra two inches plus my vertical. That's affecting your vision, not just your vision for the shot. But then also you have to try to shoot it over me or to pass around me. Those two inches, so Siakam, I think, has a seven-foot wingspan. Kawhi Leonard's wingspan is almost 6'11 for his 6'6 frame. You have Van Fleet and Lowry, who are both stocky, but they're quick as hell. You have Marcus Saul and Serge, who both have seven-foot wingspans. The the fact of the matter is the fact the Raptors' length is literally the base X factor in the series. They're all all-team defenders. Danny Green as well, who's second-team All-NBA like four years ago. The length itself is what's going to keep is what's not only won Toronto this series so far, it's what's made Golden State's three-point shooting so, like, obsolete. Because, yeah, Clay and Steph will hit a big three occasionally, but it's the fact they can't hit him consistently because you have the extra three inches of length not allowing you to get that pass. Now the pass is tipped. Or the jump shot, they have to shoot higher, and it messes up their trajectory. It's all, it's, as much as I hate using this kind of terminology, it's all about geometry and, like vision, like if I have to shoot over guys like four inches taller than me, I have to almost step back to get that same arch to get the muscle memory. Oh man, class is in session, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, I can break sports down to a science. I love this shit. So, uh, yeah, that's what I got for game six, though. I think tonight is, I think if Toronto can play the defense they played all series and they don't let the, also, Oracle's not a hard place to play anymore. It used to be back when it was like the We Believe Warriors with, with Jason Richardson, Baron Davis, back when I actually liked that team. I almost bought a J. Rich jersey. I loved them back in that day. But even with the Monte Ellis days, too. I was a big David uh, David Lee guy. Oh, uh, I, 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 I respect the David Lee, too, even though he's a Florida guy. But um, I loved like Monte Ellis, Baron Davis, all those guys. It was so much fun to watch. But... The biggest thing to me is with the Warriors is that they're that that it's a Silicon Valley kind of attraction. So you know you got the everyone who they're like everyone like the Mark Stevens types that make a crap ton of money and are kind of entitled. Even David Buker, Rick Buker, who's from the Bay Area, the Fox Sports One Channel said those games aren't like hard to play anymore. Toronto is a zoo, like. Like, and so is, like, you know, you go to Miami, you go down there, their they're place is hard to play. And you go to Cleveland back when they had LeBron, that place is insane. Go to the Staples Center, even the Staples Center back when Shaq and Kobe. This is, like, the first dynasty. We don't really need Oracle to be popping. It may be for the first five minutes, but if Kawhi, like, you know, slices the rack and dunks on um, Draymond, like, that, that'll take the whole area of the arena. Remember, like, it was game four. The Raptors were just beaten up on them and everyone was gone by the end of the third quarter that's just how like that that arena is like that fan base is they're very fair weather now it's not as much og fans as a lot of just you know fair weather silicon valley guys but i do agree with you if the warriors get hot we're going to seven and i have to i have to do a damn podcast on monday i'm not gonna be happy about that so you have so 
If everything goes according to your plan, you have the Raptors winning in six. Even if the Warriors are semi-hot from three, I still have the Raptors winning tonight. It's going to be close as hell. But if the Raptors, if the Raptors can really get at the Warriors, it will be another like 10, 15 point loss for the Warriors. And we're talking about the Toronto Raptors getting uh, the first NBA title. It's all about that, though. It's all about Kawhi, actually, because the Raptors game shouldn't even happen. One, that Paul Gasol foul should have been called. Two, even NBA acknowledged it today, by the way. And two, if Kawhi Leonard, do you remember that fadeaway he threw up at the end of the game five like, with two minutes left? It was like an air ball. It was just a bad fadeaway from the top of the key. Uh, yeah. I could have made that shot, and I could have made it look better, honestly. There were three guys open. Van Fleet at the top. You had Gasol in the corner. I think he had Serge outside the key. If he just tries to kick that ball out, we're looking at the Warrior, the Warriors being down by nine with like a minute thirty to go, and it's a now they're just chucking up desperation threes. They, that was the shot that could have iced it, but Kawhi's like, I gotta take the shot, and that's fine. <laughs> I even took a shot at Canadian journalism yesterday when one of the reporters asked Kawhi, "Why did you take the last shot?" He was double covered. I wouldn't even ask NBA to take a shot if he's double covered. Like MJ ninety six MJ back when he still could fly but had a lightning three oh, a lightning jump shot so I don't know I just you know that's that's my prediction though I just think it's there's too much for Toronto I could see Golden State winning tonight but I just see there's too much evidence to point out the contrary. Okay, so I you got Toronto I got Golden State. Game six of the NBA Finals is in about uh, two hours now. Nine o'clock I mean, Eastern tip-offs time. Tip-offs in about two hours and seven or eight minutes. So, now that we have predicted this, some bitch, I didn't realize that this is not going to come out until tomorrow, and it's either the Raptors are going to become NBA champions for the first time in history, or we're going to go to a Game Seven. Regardless, people are going to be tuning in to a Game Six prediction. So now we either have to preview a potential Game Seven, or pretend like the Raptors are the first. NBA champions in franchise history. Well, we can talk about the re- re- repercussions. We can talk about what happened next. So, okay. we Game Seven. It's gonna be in. The, it's gonna be in Toronto. And Kawhi Leonard, knowing he's got one game, one game, and he can take all the rest he wants, do all the insulin shots, ice baths, whatever he needs. He could drop forty. He did it against Philly. And then better defense at Golden State. So, if it goes seven, I have Toronto. I don't see a situation where they lose three straight. No, no, I, I have Toronto at home in game so last seven time for I sure. I said that Milwaukee blew a three, lost three straight, and I lost ten bucks to my coworker Mike Wolf. Mike, if you're listening, shout out. He always he listens to the corner booth. So, um, I lost ten bucks him the other day. I was very upset about it. We were at, we were at the brewery that's in the same parking lot as our job, and I literally he said, "I'm like, all right, ten bucks, bucks got this." And he walks up, he goes to me like the day after the finals. I hadn't worked for like four days. And he goes, "Where's my ten bucks?" I'm like, "What's your Venmo? I got no cash on me." And then finally, I, I had like a big tip from the day before. I'm like, "Mike, here's two fives. Get out of my face." I also just bet. I also just made a big bet, which I will reveal to you after we're done recording with a buddy of mine. Yeah, no, nobody needs to know that dirty laundry. Forget about it. What? Nobody knows to need that. Uh, nobody needs to know that dirty laundry. It's a Super Bowl bet, so we'll talk about that later. Uh, this one will have that's old news. Riding on it. Oh, 
yeah. Well, last you time shouldn't I didn't gamble. The Super Bowl, my Eagles won, and I won a date with my now ex-girlfriend. So it worked out okay for me a little bit at least. Um, so yeah, no. And if the Raptors win tonight, I well, I think Kawhi stays. Yeah. I talked about this at nauseum with me and Kevin on Thursday, and I said, listen. The fact of the matter is Kawhi is the most weirdest dude I've ever seen in my life, and I love it. He doesn't need to be the star. He doesn't need to be, oh, look at me, look at me, everyone. He's like, I'm just the best damn player on the court. Try to stop me. He's he's got as much personality as a potato off the court, and I love it. He fits Toronto. Toronto can have the Toronto just loves their team. They don't need all the antics. They don't need LeBron showing red wine doing the shop. They don't need Christos Porzingis getting in a bar fight over in Latvia or where the hell he's from. Like, they are all about the lack of drama, the low maintenance. That organization is so well run. And if he's in Toronto, besides Giannis and Kyrie in Brooklyn, because D'Lo is going west, he might be... D'Lo could be a Timberwolf by the end of next week because him and Towns are boys, and like Minnesota's been overly aggressive about that. Is that your logic? No, actually, that's like literally what I've been reading because I don't get hyped about this anymore because they were talking about Kyrie going to Minnesota back when we had Butler, and I didn't buy into it because I just it didn't feel right. But this one feels right. Also, I love D'Lo, so I'm hyped about this. But he's a Timberwolves fan too. If you're getting Kyrie, they're not putting him in. D'Lo together. D'Lo's a point guard. He's not or a point shooting guard. He's not. He's a ball distributor slash scorer. He's not going to play second fiddle with Kyrie. He rebuilt that team. He knows his time's up if they go get Kyrie. Now, Anthony Davis will be probably a Laker by the end of next week. As much as we thought it wasn't going to happen, I will eat my words right now. I said that Gail Benson said over her dead body. I thought that meant something. Apparently it doesn't. Just like any promise that's made in New Orleans. Um... I think that he will be a Laker for at least one season, but I think that's going to be another train wreck because there's two fundamental problems with the Lakers. One, they have no fucking shooters. None. I shoot a better three-point shot than Josh Hart. They trade away their best three-point shooter, Brooke Lopez, to they essentially let him walk. He goes to Milwaukee. Oh, wait, he lights up the Raptors for like 13 threes. It was insane. And... They let uh, Lou. They let um, who is the guy who plays the Clippers now? Is it Lou Williams? Yeah, you got that one right. Yeah, Lou Williams. Yeah, Lou Williams, sixth man of the year, one of the best three point shooters in the league. Let's him walk. Oh look, now it's a bunch of guys who can't hit a three in LeBron James, and now they're going to go Anthony Davis, whose game very mirrors LeBron's, especially on offense. Oh yeah, you won't be able to score on them in the post. What, a team like Golden State or Minnesota or one of those or, or Damian Lillard's boys or even go to up to Boston, guys who can hit threes, game's over in, a, in two quarters. Because the barrage of deep twos and, and short threes is just going to break them. And then we'll be able to keep up scoring wise. So that'll end. And Kevin Durant will sign with the Knicks in the offseason. They're still going to throw him the max contract, even though he's injured. Because, like, yeah, you get a year off and you'll recover. And then, oh, wait, next year you start off the year. We have another free agency period. You'll get another max star and rework our roster while you're injured. And then, oh, wait, we can go get Anthony Davis after he opts out of his Lakers deal. Oh, look, Anthony and KD are in uh, 
I mean, I don't know. Katie and AD are both in New York. They can go draft a point guard next year. Oh, wait, they also have RJ fucking Barrett. There you go. It's KD, like AD, RJ, NY, MSG. Enough with the turn, acronym. Turn that into a slogan. <laughs> exactly. Eh, Connect the, the dots, screw it up. But I mean, listen, I'd rather be a Knicks fan right now than a Lakers fan. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Uh, <laughs> I, I guess. Listen, because Jeannie Buss... The thing is, the LeBron experiment could have worked if Dr. Buss, the great Dr. Buss, was still alive. Because he could handle stars. He handled Shaq, Kobe, Kareem, Magic, James Worthy. He could not... Ha- like, Jeannie Buss struggled with Kobe at the end of his career. Jeannie and Jim, when they both like ran the team together before she kicked out Jim. You can't handle LeBron? God, if I saw Kobe in a back alley and I had to fight him, I'd be terrified. If I saw LeBron, I wouldn't be that scared. He may be bigger, but he's also, like, spineless. LeBron's never been known as the tough guy. Uh, he's, he's put some weight on him since his early days in Cleveland. You can't deny yeah, he that. He a house, but the thing is, on the court, dude, I'd rather, I'd be more fearful of Kobe in the end of the game than LeBron. Oh, for sure. Listen, yeah, LeBron had that, like, insane game against Cleveland, to, I mean, against Golden State to get them the title. But now he thinks he's the greatest basketball player of all time when he's not even in my top four. You, that, that's interesting. So, top four. We, I had this conversation with a few colleagues over the weekend. We were talking Mount Rushmore of sports. Who, Jared Klim, is on your Mount Rushmore of the National I mean, Basketball Association? All right, in order... Number one, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. 100%. six titles, six for six in the finals. Yeah, he got eliminated in the first round. He finally got a little help. You thought LeBron, when he had all, all he had was Booby Gibson, was bad? You should look at that Jordan team that took on the Celtics in 85, or 80, 85 or 86, whenever he scored 63 against them. That team was god-awful. They had the, their best player, because I remember in 2K, I used to play that game mode, like play as Jordan. You know who their best player was? It was a like a ninety year old George Gervin, all right, the Iceman from these ABA like uh, San Antonio days, all right. Like there was no good players in that team. Maybe Bill Cartwright. I don't. I like there was nothing there. Number two, the all time leading scorer in NBA fucking history. He had an unstoppable move. Kareem Abdul Jabbar, just okay. Unstoppable, great scorer, transcendent player, won multiple titles. Now, this is where I get split here. A lot of people say there, there's two schools of thought, and they're both Lakers. You can either pick number 32 or number 8, slash 24. I go Kobe. Kobe won five titles. Yes, three of them were with Shaq, but those last two with Powell and Lamar Odom, let's be straight here. Powell Gasol is a great player. He's not even the best player in his own family, though. Mark's a better basketball player. Powell Gasol was just able to take some of the scoring load off. They defeated the... They were within five... They were within five minutes of three titles if it wasn't for Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. They took out the most dominant center possibly the last 20 years besides Shaq and Dwight Howard. And Hakeem, sorry. And David Robinson. So probably one of the top five most dominant centers in the last 20 years in Dwight Howard. When he was in his prime, Dwight Howard's unstoppable. Then... 
they they also took out guys like Carmelo in his prime back when Carmelo got before Carmelo got fat back when he was still like hoodie mellow esque like where he was just still an unstoppable scorer. So to me, I look at what Kobe was. Kobe was the closest thing we ever will see to Michael Jordan ever. A lockdown. He was an intense competitor, a great defender on the perimeter, and was just an un. Come on, eighty-one fucking points in the game. Really, made the playoffs multiple times when the second best player on his team was Derek Fisher in the post Shaq years before he got Powell. I, I really don't have to say much else. And number four—that's uh, that's my four. So you got Jordan, um, Kareem, Bryant, and Kareem, and then Kobe, and then I got Magic. Really? Okay. Magic is first of all Magic Bird. There's no comparison. Bird is just a glorified. Bird is just a better version of Kevin Love. With a more lights out jump shot and a more athletic defender, and without the being just a total bitch, um, Bird is one of the top ten greatest players of all time. I will not take that from him, but what Bird, Bird also had McHale and Parrish on his team too, as well. So it wasn't like he had a bad team for any stretch. He had two Hall of Famers with him. The biggest thing to me why Magic is Magic changed the game because he was the first big point guard. He won multiple titles. He could score. He could pass. Play defense. And he also just like he he played half his last stretch in the league he played with eights come on like really it's Magic Johnson to me is the greatest point guard of all time. You have two shooting guards and you have a center. That's my top four. And then five is LeBron James. Okay. But Kevin, you know who's on number six? And if he wins one more title, I would put him ahead of LeBron. Durant. Really. He's nodding, everybody. I'm going to give you three reasons why. So you got to talk on podcasts. You can't nod. Yeah, sorry. I, I nodded <laughs> to sorry. We're on video. That's why, like, it throws me off. But, like, if usually if it's just me and Mark or Kevin yelling at each it other. It is audio. Screen, then I acknowledge it. So the reason I put Kevin Durant over LeBron. If Kevin Durant, first of all, Kevin Durant's gone at Golden State. And yeah. If, if by some reason Golden State does pull up America and wins this, he already has as much titles as LeBron. Three. So that automatically the lack of the three titles only. So I put Kobe and Kareem and Jordan over LeBron instantly. And Magic. Then you throw in the fact that Kevin Durant, as much as everyone's like, oh, he went to the Warriors, he went to a 72-win team. Remind me, uh, Jack, that 73-win team, what did they do when they got to the finals? Uh, didn't they, they, they won that series. They had a three, one lead. They must've won that series, Jared. Exactly. No, they fucking lost. Oh, they lost. They, they blew a three, one lead. The guy who I am bashing in the second. Oh no. They lost, they blew the three, one lead. They lost to the most out of control brain of Kyrie Irving. Let's put it away. This is why Kyrie Irving really killed that team. That last three was it. But LeBron, they lost to LeBron. They lost to the guy who I called a bitch about five minutes ago, Kevin Love. Um, and a bunch of dinosaurs masquerading as three-point shooters. Uh, Kevin Durant comes in, and they go from being a team that could lose to that kind of like setup that barely squeaked out of the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, Paul George and his Pacers were right on their tail. It wasn't like they, two of those series they barely squeaked out of. Kevin Durant comes in, they become unstoppable. It's like you take them from being like a B-plus, A-minus team, you make them an A-plus team. Because LeBron was here, here was those Warriors. Those Warriors, the only reason they won their first fucking year 
was because Kyrie and Caleb were both injured. You can thank Kelly Olenek for the second one when he essentially pulled Kevin Love's shoulder out of the socket. He thought he was a Wookiee for a second. He has as much hair as one, but... Um, Shots fired. Oh, yeah. So, here's the other... And then you look at the two series where Kevin Durant played. Jack, last year was a sweep. The year before, the Cavs won one game. That should tell you everything yeah. you need to know about It's this. not impressive. No, it's not. The Cavs, same team. Just a little older, some better pieces, some interchangeable. Lost well, in. so the Cavs had no business being in the NBA Finals last year. Oh, yeah, no. They literally lost because Kyrie was on the Celtics. Yeah. But that should just tell you all you need to know. Well, last year was kind of weird, but the year before, when LeBron and Kay, Kyrie and K-Love was still the same team, the def- they were the defending champs, that, t- that series should have gone seven. If that series would have gone seven, Kevin Durant was not a warrior. But he was a warrior. And Kevin Durant, being the greatest scorer of the last generation, made it unstoppable. So that is why Kevin Durant, I would, if he wins a title, he doesn't even have to win one in Golden State again. If he goes to New York, and if he goes there with Anthony Davis and R.J. Barrett and some point guard, you don't even have to get a all-star. You can get a... A Jeff Teague, just a guy who can distribute the ball. I, you don't, you just need even if, even if, uh, if the Raptors send Kyle Lowry packing, like something like that. They just need a guy yeah. who's serviceable enough at the point. That team's that team's winning a title because that team would easily dismantle Milwaukee because the only kryptonite to Giannis is if you take him outside the paint, which would allow Anthony Davis to go to work, allow RJ Barrett to slash, allow Dennis Smith Jr. to come off the bench. A Knicks team with R.J. Barrett, with that whole team I just described. Oh, yeah, by the way, DeAndre Jordan, who just, you know, seems to find a way to stay in the league, even though his game has essentially been ruled prehistoric. It's still great. I I think Kevin Durant would be ranked fifth in my book if he wins another title, even if it's here or somewhere else. He's proven he's better a better player all the time than LeBron James. Because LeBron James had all the shots in the world and blew it. His personality, it's not his game. His game came to play. It's how he handled himself as a player that not only scared away guys like this offseason, has scared away most free agents. He then also proved during this whole second half of the season when everything went to hell, he's playing the blame game, that it's not his fault. It's the Lakers' fault. But really, he was a zoo. The Lakers brought him in, and his whole craziness... I love his agent. Listen, I would love an agent like Rich Paul. Rich Paul runs it right. But LeBron hasn't helped himself this year, and this year has proved to me without a doubt that he's the number six player of all time, and he's going to stay that way until somebody like Zion surpasses him. That'll be interesting towards the end of their careers with both LeBron and KD. Again, like LeBron, like he's in a tough situation right now. I wouldn't be shocked if he pulled something out of his hat and won at least two more titles before his career was over. I think we've seen the last of LeBron raising any kind of banner. Really? Yes, I think we've seen the last of it. I wouldn't be shocked. At least one more. I wouldn't be shocked if they put together... It ain't coming in L.A. It ain't happening in L.A. I'm telling you right now, he'd have to go to another squad. That team is run so horribly right now between Jeannie Buss, Linda Ramos, all that bullshit. Dude, I wouldn't want to play for the Lakers. Me, as a person, if I, I nobody got offered a Lakers job, I'd be like... Yeah, sure, but I'm not expecting us to win more than 20 games, bro. 
Like there is like if Genie if Genie Bus called you in your house in Connecticut right now, you're telling me you wouldn't join the Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, no, well. I would join them, but I would be, like, expecting the fact that I would, like, not win a fucking game because the Lakers are such a shit show. Like, I'd be happy to ride the bench right now. Oh, I would, too. I'd as be, like, a 21-year-old. campaign, Howie, who literally sits there and pretends to be the towel boy. That would be me. I would not care. So, because the thing is, like, I think LeBron's a tool. I love, I love Lonzo Ball's dad. Kyle Kuzma's the man because he's, like, the biggest sneakerhead. He got GOAT. A sneaker auction site to sponsor him, like that's awesome to me. And I also I love I think Brandon Ingram's a little I think he's a wannabe Tiger lookalike. And then you know you have the, my boy Josh Hart who ripped out my heart when he played for uh, Villanova. So I'd be starting fights in that locker room real quick. But uh, yeah, no, I think we should just move on because we're kind of beating this topic to death though. Well, I, I haven't even given you my Mount Rushmore. Okay. You went in depth into your Mount Rushmore. I didn't even get to brag about my Mount Rushmore. Because it's probably wrong. That's not fair, all right? This is... This is... I don't even get participation trophies here, man. How do you know that? This is the Osho podcast. Oh, yeah. We, we may get participation thing. trophies. You don't know. This is, this is candy corn. This is candy... Yeah. Candy. This, this is, is uh, candy can, land. This is cotton candy soft. I forgot. Yeah. This is candy land. And I'm running the show. So, here we go. <laughs> Number one, Michael Jordan. MJ, no question about it. Six NBA titles, not to mention he won three after coming back from a failed baseball career with the Chicago White Sox. Number two. Sorry, Birmingham Barons, you gotta be specific. Number two, you had uh, Kareem. I'm gonna go with the man who has more rings than he could put on his fingers, and Bill Russell. Wow. I think Bill Russell is up there as one of the greatest of all time. He was on all those great Celtics teams. He has 11 rings. You can't... Mess with 11... Like, he has 11 rings. Um, Kobe Bryant. One of the best clutch performers in NBA history. And right now, as it stands right now, I have LeBron James up there. Not only for his play, but for what he's done for the NBA and the community as a whole. You can't deny what he's done. See, I was just ranking off play. I, I couldn't give a shit. When it comes to basketball, <laughs> I couldn't give a shit what you do off court. Listen, I love what LeBron does off court. I do. I think he's a great human being, heart wise. I just think he's a dick. And honestly, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I just don't. Like, listen, it's all great what you're doing for humanity, man. Keep doing that shit. Make the world a better place. But on the court, I think you suck, bro. You a bitch. Can I quote <laughs> like, that? I love Kobe. Kobe didn't even live in LA, bro. He lived in Orange County with helicopter in for the game and helicopter back. Like, that, that just shows what Kobe was. He was a different breed oh, yeah. compared to LeBron. And for those of you that think L.A., Orange County, Anaheim are the same, they are absolutely not the same. I'm actually going out to L.A. in about a month, though, by the way. Hey, there you go. Yeah, I'm First excited. Trip. I've never been there before. I'm so hyped. You're never going to want to come back. I may not. Deadass. If I find a job, I might apply for a job. While you're there. Yeah, prep now. Because you may never come back. Uh, yeah. But that, that, that's basically, that, that's my Mount Rushmore. Uh, we talked about the KD injury, previewed Game 6 tonight between Golden State and Toronto, previewed a potential Game 7, and if the Raptors win tonight, I want to be the first to say congratulations to Kawhi Leonard on your first NBA championship. Second. He, oh, he did win with the Spurs, didn't he? Yep. Um, that's my bad. Down, LeBron. Um, the claw. Oh, uh, <laughs> Uh, so we talked about that for about an hour long. 
So I just want to quickly Jesus, summarize. Not kidding. We Holy we crap. really we really ramble when we get together. Oh yeah, we always do. Remember, didn't we do a podcast like an hour and a half long? We only got five minutes audio. So we, yeah, we did a podcast. It was an hour and thirty five minutes long, and as soon as I pressed stop on the record, it got about a minute and five seconds of it. So. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen tonight. We have better technology now. It's three months later. Times have changed. You live and you learn. There you go. Uh, David Ortiz was shot in the Dominican Republic on Sunday night. I did a podcast a few days about it. It's available now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Go check it out if you hadn't. I worked really hard on it. It's a banger. New developing story, though. And I don't think this is a main article, because if you look up David Ortiz right now, they're still praising him for coming back the way he did. He actually wanted to show up to Game 7 in Boston at the Garden last night for the Bruins and uh, St. Louis game, but new reports that I've seen have shown that David Ortiz was in the middle of some drug lord Jealousy story where David Ortiz apparently had an affair with the drug lord's wife out in the DR, and the drug lord sent two um, mercenaries out to uh, murder David Ortiz. See, I heard some little different, but along the same lines, I heard like some drug lord thought he was screwing out with his girlfriend. Yes, so he, yeah. Like, yeah, but like, you know, nothing was confirmed about this. The guy sent him after him, and the payday was about, I don't know, like 400,000 Dominican pesos, something like that. Which, by the way, boys and girls, if you don't know your math and world currency, converts to $7,800. I can afford that on three week, three months' pay at my job as a mover. Or, eh, five David Ortiz could have paid them off double not to shoot him. He could if have he knew. shit, and he could have paid them double. He could have paid them quadruple. He could have paid them 50 times that. It's, you get the point. His signing bonus from his rookie contract was triple that. He, so, he, he could tip a waitress at a restaurant with more money than they were being I, paid to I, shoot the man. He probably dropped more money on, a, on, like, on shoes or like jeans or some shit of that. So here's that. This is why this cracks me up. Um, you said, I, I don't know you, what you've heard, but they, did they, they caught, I think it was like, what, like a decent amount of the guys involved in this? Right. So two, two accomplices. And um, I, I, I'm not quite sure. I know a lot of people bailed right after the shooting, even the cops. I don't know if it was the cops who took Ortiz to the hospital or if it was just some dude who put him in the back of his truck and drove him to the hospital. Well, Big Bobby's um, like a hero in the Dominican Republic. That's why this like this whole story was like so strange to me. But well, like, well, look at it this way. The DR, just a bunch of people just wanting to succeed at the highest level, and then you got David Ortiz rolling in with his $5 million Lamborghini with a half a million dollar jewelry around his neck, like... You, you think there's a little jealousy involved there? Or is this it's, 100%? It's, it's different, though. It's like if you're in a restaurant out in, like, you know, Nowhereville, Illinois, and Michael Jordan stops in to get a beer and a cigar. Dude, you kidding me? People will worship the granny walks on. It's that same kind of thing. Like, uh, my favorite basketball player and fellow Eagles fan, Carl Anthony Towns, also a fellow New Jerseyan, um, literally was tweeting out about this. He's a Dominican Republic native. He it, he's worshipped like a god down there. Like David Ortiz is probably the most prominent Dominican Republic athlete over the past like ten years, and he's so beloved in every sport, in, in all around baseball, the sporting world. Because Big Poppy, it's even you as a Yankees fan can't hate. I Big love Bobby. the guy. I talked exactly. about him for an hour and a half That's the other day. Tell you, 
You are one of the biggest Yankees fans I know I've ever met, and you love Big. I Bob. love the guy. See how much these guys loved. I do anything for David Ortiz. Oh yeah, David Ortiz. David Ortiz needs a kidney. It's, it's his. He wasn't gonna bring it back. I'd say sure. I'd yes. say, can I have like three grand for it? He'd be like, yeah, probably. He'd hand me a chain. It'd be good. But like, it'd be like, this is why this whole story just didn't. I was just like in shock when I saw it. But I mean, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you at this point. It's just it's crazy to me. Now with, now if this is true that he was screwing around with this guy's girlfriend, wife, whatever. Does this damage his legacy at all? No. Not even a little bit? Nope. A-Rod dated Madonna. Enough said. <laughs> A-Rod dated Kate Hudson. A-Rod dated... Uh... Oh, no. His who's who, who he dated now, who he's getting engaged to. I'm fine with it. Did you see uh, A-Rod's rookie year, 90, was 95, yeah, 96? Yeah, he was j Yeah. Here we are That's... 20 years later. Yeah. Listen, man. Boys, that's why. I'm not giving up on me marrying Haley Steinfeld. Jack, who's your celebrity guy? <laughs> uh, that's an interesting question. I don't know if I've ever thought about that. See, mine used to be Selena Gomez back in the day. That's why my car Selena, Selena, yeah. She she did not age like fine wine, my friend. No, just kind of faded out. number on her. Yeah. Jeez, uh, I really don't know. Like, we could probably sit here for the next 15 minutes or so while I decide. Well, I found out, well, because me and Mark, it's hilarious. Mark's number one is Selena's number two is Haley Steinfeld. Mine's the reverse. We had no idea that was the, the, the thing. And we were laughing. You guys were meant to be co-hosts. It's the odd couple marriage that just keeps getting better. <laughs> Did you hear our podcast when he came back? I literally played Return of the Mac for him, and I also played uh, Coming Home by Skylar Gray and Diddy. See, I don't know if that's high praise or just like, welcome back to your own show, pal. No, it was like, because, you know, he's gone for essentially a fucking month, but, you know. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I did four streaks with Kevin, you, and David. I mean, I love all three of you guys dearly, but, like, it, you know, it, me and Mark did, like, eight months together straight without stopping before his crazy schedule, so. Crazy guess, schedule, out partying with his friends at festivals. Come okay, on. that's on weekends. I will defend my boy for that. Okay. All right. Uh... We- Rambling, though, what is next on the docket? Because I know you got stuff to do, and I do, and I don't feel like your podcast should go two hours today. We, we are busy people. Busy, busy people. Um, Phil's D-backs. Not one. Not two. Not three. Not four. Not five. Not six. Not seven. Not eight. Not eight. Not eight. Not eight. Not nine. Not ten. Not eleven. Not twelve. Thirteen. But thirteen. Jimmy Jacks over the wall at Citizens Bank Park. Thir- back to back to back. To kick off the game the other night. My boy could tell Marte, who better be a goddamn all-star this year. What The ball was just flying out of the ballpark. 13 home runs. 13-8, the final score. D-backs are, what, three games over 500? Well, here's the thing. We had the worst month of May I'd ever seen in our franchise history, and we're still above 500 in halfway through June. Jack, I'm winning. <laughs> like, here's the thing. Here's the thing, dude. I said this to you when I, when you came on and co-hosted with me. I said to you, I said, listen, the Diamondbacks are struggling right now. I'd rather them fall off the wagon in May than fall off the wagon in September when it matters. Because there's a long season. Diamondbacks can go get a pitcher from a, a crappy team. They could trade Granky to your Yankees and go get an, a, a younger guy to go pitch in the playoffs. Or keep Granky and go get another pitcher. I don't know. The fact is, as a D-backs fan, I listen, I'm on all the nation. I'm all D-backs nation, D-backs memes, all that crap on Facebook. 
So I, I got a pretty good pulse with D-backs Nation. Like, we're so split down the middle. Half of us are like, let's push for it. We have a shot. This team actually is good. Or the other one is, oh, we're just going to blow in the end day. Let's trade Granky and Escobar before we get screwed here. I'm on the whole train of like, put the poker chips in. Fuck it. We're gonna if we're if we're gonna suck regardless if we if we trade the guys. So why don't we at least try to make a division title run out of it? The Dodgers, yes, they're the best team now. But Jack, every year the Dodgers blow a huge lead in the division for at least a little while. I guarantee you the Padres will not be this good in September because no. hitting only gets you so far. The second the dog days kick in, the teams who are actually more equipped to win games, you know, hitting for average and stealing bases and getting the little things done instead of hitting dingers. I guarantee you Tatis and Machado will not be hitting rockets. I guarantee you the Brewer, I guarantee uh, there's going to be a spot where Yelich is probably not going to hit a home run for a week and everyone's going to lose their damn mind. So I'm excited. I love that the long ball is back in baseball, though. That's the gist. I love this. I love the fact there's 13 freaking dangers in the series. This is amazing. Well, who, who's the Diamondbacks competition right now besides for the Dodgers, of course? I mean, the Rockies really haven't been all that great this year. The Giants are horrendous. I was like, called, by the way. The Padres, like you said, I think the Padres are like what the Mariners were last year. I don't think they're going to do what the Mariners did this year, but... The Padres... I love how the Mariners are already trying to train all their guys now. It's great. It's, this is why I love baseball. I don't think they want to... I mean, Bruce is in Philly now. You know Encarnacion doesn't want to be there. I Honestly, the Mariners... To me, like, I've been saying this for months. The Mariners were this... They, they were so close. Back when they had Robbie Cano, yeah. Like, last year, they won 80-plus games. I don't know how many games they won. 89, maybe. Yeah, they were... They, were like they didn't make the playoffs. Why... Why... Why why rebuild? Like, you, your team was good. It's like the Marlins a few years back. You had Stanton, Yelich, Ozuna in your outfield. You had Dietrich, D. Gordon. Because Derek Jeter doesn't know how to run a baseball team. All he knows how to do is win baseball games. Just going to let that one that sink in. Yeah, just going to let that one uh, breathe through my nostrils. Okay. Your Lord didn't say you were Derek Jeter, but Okay. <laughs> no, it's funny to me. Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez, when they were playing with the Yankees, everybody hated A Rod. Everybody loved Jeter. They I, praised Jeter. I, I, I was the reverse. I like I I like Jeter, but I loved A Rod. I played third base. I, I, I think we loved A Rod before the whole steroid scandals I came out. Shit about the steroid thing. Uh, but here's the thing. Now, A Rod as an analyst, you could say whatever you want about him as an analyst and broadcaster. People, people. Praise A Rod now way more than they praise Derek Jeter. It also A Rod is more charismatic. Jeter well, yeah, is you're on screen talent. Jeter is very Kobe to me. He's he very, is Kobe Bryant. He's a lighter he's skin Kobe. Kobe Bryant. They have like the same he's, exact he's a face. Half white Kobe playing baseball. They have the same facial structure. That's actually disturbing to think. It about. is. Being think right. about that. Think how. Think how alike they actually look. No. And, like, all I'm saying is that with A-Rod and Jeter, you look at the differences as you go, like, like A-Rod is doing big things with A-Rod Corp, which I love because, I, you know, big count on Twitter. I actually tried to intern for for that. 
I tried to get it as an intern at A Rod Corp. At A Rod Corp. Uh, I I think I'm, the story I'm, there I'm, with that. Uh, I think the story there with Dan Katz is he kind of just showed up one day. Like he didn't really have an interview. He didn't get hired. He kind of just showed up. A Rod's like, oh, he's good. We'll, we'll keep him. I think that's. Well, listen, I'll, I think I'll that's what the story City there is. For A Rod Corp. Hell, shit. Yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. Yeah, I might have to look into that. Uh, you want to give a shout out to the St. Louis Blues, NHL yes, champions? Because finally the Boston run is over. For now. <laughs> um. Till February fourth. Jack, 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 Jack. Uh, aren't the Red Sox trash right now? Uh, yes, yes, they are. Uh, um. Didn't the Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles, St. Louis, I'm um, LA Rams, and a bunch of other teams get better this offseason? Uh, dude, I. I will believe it when I see it, when Bill Belichick and Tom Brady... Listen, when the Patriots are expected to win, they lose, and when they're expected to lose, they win. Haven't you figured that out by now? Well, when they were expected to win after the uh, Atlanta Super Bowl, they did make it to the Super Bowl and lost by eight points. <laughs> by uh, eight points. They still were... They still played well offensively in that Super Bowl. Jacksonville. You you better hope so. You better hope so. That extension to Carson Wentz is uh, the biggest question mark, I think. Oh, it was also a big finger to Jerry Jones, by the way, because now you guys got to pay Dak double, and you won't be able to pay Zeke what he wants, and that's going to screw you guys a little bit. It's all good. We have Randall Cobb. That's all we need. Uh, Goodbye, Jack. Shout out to the St. Louis Blues. We've Cowboys Eagles for a while, but I'm not going to do that to you. That might be a later corner booth episode. We we don't need to go another hour. Um, When when I I meet you halfway in Jersey or something like that, we knock out a 12-pack and we start arguing about football for an hour. I'm down. I'm always down for that. We can go pick up Mark on the way. (laughs) Go to some festival. Bring Kevin with me from Massachusetts. Oh, that would be fun. Full uh, East Coast trip. We hit New York. We could hit Connecticut. We could go all the way up to Boston. Let's go visit Corbin. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it was, it, that'd be a good time. But, um, yeah, it's just this this whole, like, what are we even talking about? Oh, the Diamondbacks and Phillies. I just love how home runs, it just, just home runs everywhere. It makes baseball better. I would rather the higher offense and then occasionally, like, you know, today Merrill Kelly tossed a fucking like, two-hit shutout for six innings. That dude's, like, an underrated ace for us right now. I love it. But um, hopefully Luke Weaver comes back so we have both of our young aces. Um, um, so, essentially, I, I, you know, I just love the home runs in baseball. It just makes it more entertaining. Like, that's why Bryce Harper sells tickets. That's why Max Muncy and the hitting the ball to the next side of the Pacific off Mad Bomb, by the way. I'm all team Max Muncy, by the way. F you, mad bum. If you don't want... It's the same thing with the U.S. Women's National He didn't even do anything, if dude. If you don't want them to show you up, don't give up the home run or goal. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything to show him up. He just admired the ball. And the other thing is, is like, it's like, that's why like I hate the anti-bat flip people. I'm like, if he knew it was going off the bat, either throw it harder, pick a better location... Or don't pitch to him. That's on you. So, like, put away your participation trophy and just move on to the next batter. It's This is what I hate about sports is people get pissed when, like, they get shown up. Uh, it is what it is. D-backs, Phillies, 13 home runs combined the other night. Eight of them by the Diamondbacks. 
We'll see how Weaver and Kelly do throughout the year. The road to 75 wins starts now, Jared. Uh, shout out to the... Jack, I don't want you to get scared, but we're, ha- we're almost halfway there. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Road to 7-5, baby. Third <laughs> Listen, in the NL West. So, so are we going to... Ex- is there going to be an extension that's better if we win over 90? Like, are you just going to, like, shave your head or something like that? Ooh, uh, I don't think it's that worth it. All right, fine. I, we'll figure something out because I... We got I, time. I Baseball's a long season. Uh, shout out to the St. Louis Blues on winning the NHL Stanley Cup. Kevin Durant, sorry about your Achilles. New York Knicks, sorry about your superstar. Uh, game six tonight. Uh, we want to be the first to uh, congratulate the Toronto Raptors if they win the NBA Finals here tonight. In the final game in Oracle Arena, uh, David Ortiz's latest stuff on his shooting you can catch this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, wherever the hell you guys get your shows. Jared, I hope you get wasted tonight if Golden State forces a Game 7. Send me a picture so I can share it on our Twitter page. I'm going to try to be at the gym at like 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, so I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> hey, clang and bang. Who are you, The Rock, showing up at 8 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> Listen, man, I'm trying to finally, for the first time in life, get the summer body I think I should have. So I'm up at working at that at like 8 a.m. But, Jack, listen, man, it's always fun coming to the O show. It's always fun having the podcast go over by a half hour because of you and me rambling. This is, the, listen, folks, by the way, if it was me, if it was Jack and anybody else, you know, you've listened to the O show with other co hosts before. It, you know, takes about a half hour, 45 minutes, yeah, whatever. They're quick. They're quick. Well, <laughs> These ones are together. long. We're two peas in the same pod. It's literally just us rambling. Could you imagine if we had a trip from New York to Boston? We could do a four-hour show. We Dude, probably wouldn't be we tired. To get to a live, we have Mark. You you pick up Mark in Philly. You get to New York, and we take the. We just literally drive to Boston to go visit Kevin. Oh my We wouldn't God. be tired. The show would be hilarious. We <laughs> there'd be people on the train like. What the fuck are these guys doing? We would just... They joined. We literally just bring a six-pack on the train and just, like, would, like, have a recorder in the center of the table and just go at it. Kevin or Mark could use the camera to record us. Like, we we could start at 7.30 a.m. and then by uh, 8.30 at night, we could put the little graphic in. 8.30, they're still going. Like a little the longest-running podcast in podcast later. history. Oh, my God. be great. All right. Jack, man, I know you got to get going. It was great coming on today. I appreciate it. Hey, listen. Oh, yeah. Always subscribe to the Osho Podcast. It's the second best podcast at Belly Up. The sec, yeah, okay. It is the second best podcast at Belly Up Sports. And uh, if you listen to our show, do you know what the sign-off is? If you do know what it is, I'll let you say it. You know, it really sucks. This is lame. Half the time I listen to half your show and I have to go to work. This is lame. Dick not knowing it, I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, it's very simple. Hit it, Hootie.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.